Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the series on Sexy Saturday and talk about the Australian actress Ella Fisher. Now, many people think that Ella Fisher and Amy Adams are siblings, and justifiably so. Even though Amy Adams is not born with red hair, she has classically had red hair in most of her movies, and they are similarly aged. In fact, Ella Fisher would be the older sister of, of Amy Adams. Now, I've mentioned before that I do have a propensity, a predilection, so to speak, for redheads. I do like redheads natural redheads. I don't like super fake red hair, but I, I do like redheads. And Ella Fisher doesn't really fit the kind of classic look that I like that's best epitomized on this Saturday series with women like Kira Knightley and uh, Elle Fanning and Amanda Seyfried and some other ones. But I do think she's cute. And I think the large majority of people who did not grow up in Australia probably recognize her first in Wedding Crashers, where she plays the younger sister of Rachel McAdams, who's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, who falls for Vince Vaughn. Gloria is her name. And uh, she's great in that movie. And she's just... So, it, 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 the, the height difference is so juxtaposed because he's so tall, right? And she is so tiny. And it's just really funny to see that. Now... As I mentioned, she was born in Oman, which is a country off the Arabian Peninsula, but the family moved to Australia when she was six, so she essentially sees herself as Australian, and she got her big break on the Australian soap opera Home and Away, which I guess would be like EastEnders equivalent over in England, and other other well-known actresses have been on that show. And then later on, she pretty much made it big with Wedding Crashers. She was in some movies prior to that, but nothing that that really would have uh, made her famous. She wasn't. They redid Beastmaster, which was one of my favorite movies of all time when I was a kid. But we're not really going to count Beastmasters. So you see Wedding Crashers, and she did I Heart Huckabee. She had a small role in that movie. And she was in the 2002 version of Scooby-Doo, but nothing, nothing big. So Wedding Crashers was her big break. And I've talked about that in that series. I have your movies that I love. Wedding Crashers is, I think, episode number four. And I just talk about how she and Rachel McAdams are just both gorgeous in that movie. And they're very different, right? They, they characterize these sisters as being very different because they have to virtue signal Rachel McAdams because she's the female lead. That's kind of sweet and wholesome. And then Ella Fisher is also quite nice, but goofy and some would say maybe a little off and they really play her up to be kind of like the male pixie dream because she's really cute and sweet but she's has a voracious sexual appetite and is a little latchy which i think are some qualities that a lot of men would like but from there she 
doesn't really do much until 2007's Hot Rod. She's the love interest. That's the Andy Samberg movie. That's the first of kind of the movies he's doing, breaking off of um, Lonely Island, being hot off of SNL. And so she's the love interest in that movie, which is, you know, it's, I guess, at a certain age, depending on what your age is, you might like that. Then she does Definitely Maybe, which I do think is a charming rom-com. This has Ryan Reynolds and Abigail Breslin, the young girl, as his daughter. And he's telling her this story about the three women in his life that, uh, I, I guess, had a, had a role in his life, forming his life. And then you watch the movie and you don't know which of these women is, in fact, his daughter's mother. But it also stars Rachel Weisz, who's just gorgeous in this movie, and Elizabeth Banks as well. So it's... They're the three women that are in Ryan Reynolds' life at different times in his life. And it's a cute movie. I, I definitely recommend you you watch that. Then her, her next kind of like, she is the lead. And I would say this is really the first movie, where first at least major movie, where she is the lead is Confessions of a Shopaholic. This movie did not really do that well. But it's about a woman who shops too much, and Hugh Dancy is the male lead in that movie, and it didn't do that well at all. But that was really her first male lead. Then from there, you see her do some other movies like The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette is, I mean, the movie is is not that good, but it's got Kirsten Dunst and Lizzie Kaplan, and it's got... Uh, Rebel Wilson, who we did a very early episode on saying that the Empress has no clothing, that she doesn't have a lot of talent. But she's getting married. Her character, Rebel Wilson's character, is getting married. So she invites these three girls who are kind of, quote, her friends, but really they've always just made fun of her. And uh, then it's the bachelorette party and things ensue. And so it's kind of like a, a response to, I suppose you would say, bridesmaids. So she does that movie in 2012 she does do some animation work like rise of the the guardians and 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 just some other stuff but she does play a role in great gatsby the dicaprio movie she is if i'm not mistaken myrtle wilson who's tom's mistress and she's casting that movie which makes sense because that is from the great Australian director Baz Luhrmann, and when I say great, I I don't know I'm I'm I'm, I'm I vacillate and dither quite a bit on Baz Luhrmann's movies. I I don't really particularly like the majority of them, though I think he does have some talent. His most recent one, of course, was Elvis, which I could not even watch, to be honest. Then from there, she does Now You See Me, which is a a movie like it's a heist movie that also has Jesse Eisenberg and I think Woody Harrelson and some other people in it, and she's the the female in that. I think it's got Mark Ruffalo, Woody Harrelson, Morgan Freeman, and they did a sequel of that, but it's kind of a, a heist movie where they're all like magicians, if I remember correctly. So she's in that movie. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20. 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. In 2016, after Now You See Me, she does Grimsby. Grimsby is a movie that we'll talk about in her private life. It is a movie done by Sasha Baron Cohen, her husband. And in the movie, I, I, I think there's better movies that he has done. It's not the, the best movie, but he's like a spy and so forth. Then she does Keeping Up with the Joneses. This movie is it's, it's pretty cute. It has a good premise, but I just don't think they pull it off. So it has Zach Galifianakis and her as a kind of a couple in suburbia. And then these, these people move in, these super handsome people, Gal Gadot and, and John Hamm play them, a married couple. And then you find out, of course, they're spies and it just goes from there. Same year, she does Nocturnal Animals with her, quote, sister, Amy Adams, and uh, she's got a small role in that movie. That movie is, is man, is there a downer of a movie more than Nocturnal Animals? That is a, just a downer movie. 2018, she does Tag. That's a movie where she reteams with our boy John Hamm, and it's got uh, Jeremy Renner and some others. It's kind of like what I would say is like, a, it, it almost, I get this movie and, and Game Night mixed up in that they're both, kind of a, a movie about like a murder mystery and, and people trying to solve stuff. It's an all right movie. And then really from there, she doesn't do much. She's only done about four or five movies in the last few years. Uh, I think some of this is is portrayed, you know, the, the fact that she's 46 years old. Uh, if you look at some of her TV work, I think in terms of her TV work, she's probably best known for uh, having a pretty good cameo on Arrested Development back in, in 2013 and then back when they rebooted the series. And she's also in Curb Your Enthusiasm for, in a small role back in 2020. Now, her personal life is boring. And, and again, the consistency, like the, mo the majority of the Sexy Saturday women I do are not promiscuous women, horrors or anything like that. They tend to be women who are pretty boring in their married life. So she met Sasha Baron Cohen back in 2001, and he's probably, if you don't know who he is, he's most famous for Borat, Borat, the movie Borat, which is just an amazingly clever comedy that still makes me laugh so hard, and it's so politically incorrect. So they started dating in 2001. At this point, she is 25, so when they met, she was not yet well-known. Uh, so when she did Wedding Crashes, when you think about it, Wedding Crashes, she's already 31. She's already 31 at that point, and that's when her career kind of starts. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's the cruel thing about Hollywood. Women only have so many years to parlay their, their beauty into doing something constructive. So it's not surprising that you saw the majority of her roles uh, in her life are going to be 
when in, in from about 2005 to 2014 or so when she's in her when she's in her 30s and then when she hit 40 um, the rolls dry up pretty much and there's not really much that she's done since then but they meet in 2001 they get married in 2000 I'm sorry they get engaged in 2004 then they have a six-year engagement and then they get married during that time uh, she had killed a children she had a, a child out of wedlock with him in 2007 then she had another kid born in 2010 and given that the fact that they got married in March of 2010 I think what probably happened was she got pregnant again and at this point she just realized oh well you know I, I, we, we need to get married because this would look bad if we have a second kid out of wedlock so they probably she had the, the, the wedding and then she later that year gave birth to the second child and then she had another child in 2015 and again they've been together for the last 20 years uh she did convert to judaism for sasha baron cohen because he is a jew so in closing why do i like Ela fisher i think she's just spunky i like her in that she's spunky she's she's pretty i wouldn't say she's like classically beautiful but she's just spunky and fun. And there's something about, again, you know, Sexy Saturday is all about, we, we look at the retrospective, we look at their career, but really I'm just objectifying women that I think were attractive at a certain time in their life. And she just was a cute little redhead, spunky and, and um, just attractive. And I think she has a, a modicum of talent. I wouldn't say she's that great of a, of a comedic talent, but just enough to have a good enough career to... Uh, make some millions off of it and meet a well-known uh, prestigious man and marry, her, marry him and get some, get some security out of that and have, hopefully have a good relationship and good marriage with Sasha Baron Cohen. All right, guys, I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rag Facebook group. There's a link in the episode notes. You let me know what you think of Ela. Please rate and review this fledgling, fledgling, fledgling feed of on Spotify or Apple, and then there's two links in the episode notes. One's, again, to make a donation via PayPal, and the other one is a link to the website where you can catch all the Eclectical Gregorio feeds, but it's just better to catch them on Spotify or Apple where you can rate and review. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.